and welcome to My Best Podcast. My name is Natasha and this is where I talk about everything and anything that I'm interested in. From beautiful Los Angeles, let's get this started. Hello and welcome to My Best Podcast. My name is Natasha. Joining me with the heavy breathing is my dog Mish. Uh, uh, today is May 31st, 2018. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles and it's actually a really beautiful rainy day. Uh, which I guess you don't hear too often from people, but one, I really like rainy days, and uh, two, Los Angeles needs it. Uh, it for sure is bringing out a lot of life. Uh, in my area, we had pretty substantial rains last year, so uh, it's been a nice reprieve. A lot of growth is happening, and hopefully this summer won't be as bad as it was last year. So, fingers crossed. Um, that it will settle, uh, it will settle the, the landscape for a little while and we won't have any major fires left as it was before. Um, my dog, come here! My dog and my brother's cat are chasing each other at the moment so it's a little bit distracting but I'm just gonna let them do their thing. So I'm, I just wanted to get on here and talk about The Hobbit, uh, the movie. I finally watched it last week. Uh, I'm about three years late, I believe. Uh, I don't know when the last one came out. <sighs> Let's see, I was just looking at this before. If, the article is about the film franchise from 2012 and 2000. So the last one was released 2014, so I'm about four years late to the whole thing. And uh, here's my honest opinion about it. Uh, it was fun. It was really entertaining. Uh, I love being back in the world again. Uh, just to give some background, I uh, I was one of the kids that grew up with Lord of the Rings. Uh, it happened concurrently around the time when Harry Potter was happening. So, you know, maybe for the previous generations it was Star Wars and tra Star Trek that they grew up with. But I grew up with Star Wars and Star Trek plus Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. And I have to say, I think Lord of the Rings had the biggest impact on me. Uh, all of my friends and I were super invested in it. We all watched it. Um, uh, with Harry Potter, some of my friends had some, uh, came from religious backgrounds and they were a little apprehensive about letting their kids uh, read or watch movies that involved witchcraft purely, but for whatever reason, Lord of the Rings was fine. Um, and so... Yes, so the movies had a huge impact on me when I was growing up. Uh, and I read The Hobbit. Um, it's one of my favorite, favorite books. Uh, it's one of the, and I'm sorry if you hear uh, panting and breathing, that's my dog trying to play with me. Um, with his toy. But, you know, you gotta love the dogs. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up watching, or, uh, I grew up watching the Lord of the Rings uh, movies. I read The Hobbit. It's one of my favorite books. It's probably my favorite. Uh, you know, at the very least it's the top two, top three, whatever. Uh, and it, that, that's always consistently been the case. I, I read it when I was in middle school, and, um, I just, it had a, had a massive impact on me. I, and I have to actually say, um... I, when I read the, um, when I tried to read the Lord of the Rings series, I couldn't get past the the, the Fellowship of Ring, of the Rings, uh, the first you know chapter, 
for whatever reason, it just didn't captivate me. It didn't, like, bring me into the book. So I wonder what it would be like reading it now. Um, so I might try that out. Uh, but I... So it's interesting, given that it was such a huge force for me growing up, and it influenced me so much, that I didn't watch The Hobbit when it came out. And I'm also not the type to go into a movie series or into a movie with uh, standards or expectations. Um, you know, like, certainly I want to go in and see a good movie, but I don't go in expecting it to be uh, what... It, you know, something else was for me. So, for example, when I... I love the Star Wars, the original three, uh, and when the new um, the new iterations came out, I didn't go in with uh, any expectations. I wound up enjoying all those movies in different ways. Um, but with The Lord of the Rings, I think because it had such an impact on how I saw myself, how I saw the world, and how I wanted to see myself in the world... Uh, I was a little bit apprehensive about it being brought up again, and uh, so I neglected to watch it, and then last week I was going through a little bit of a rough patch, uh, you know, it, that's how it is with life, right? When you're, you're growing up, uh, when you're reaching, you know, adulthood, when things aren't going quite right, it never goes quite the way that you expect life to go, you've reached a lot of hurdles, so I think... Uh, even though I try to be a positive person, I think for me, I just reached a, you know, a wall. And, um, I definitely, I, uh, definitely had a really hard time last week. So, uh, you know, I was browsing through trying to figure out what to do with myself, and I saw that The Hobbit was available on iTunes for, for rental, and... Uh, sheep is 99 cents, so I thought, I'm just gonna give these guys a whirl. And I watched all three in one day. Uh, I, you know, I really loved being back in that world again. I think it hit on all of the themes that I loved before, um, which included forming unexpected friendships, going on an adventure with friends, uh, developing your character, conquering your own fears, um conquering your own weaknesses, uh, pushing yourself beyond your, what you think your limitations are. Uh, so it just, it renewed all of that, uh, storytelling in me again. Um, or the themes of the original, uh, original three that I loved so much. What it seemed to suffer from was it... I couldn't quite pin it down when I finished watching them, and it just didn't feel complete. It didn't feel like it was um, developed well. It felt like things were being thrown at me a little bit, and there was no real cohesion. It felt like they were just, you know, trying to do so much, which was surprising given that the, I thought the Lord of the Rings original films were done so well. Um, <coughs> um, and... That franchise was done with three movies, one movie for each book. Here you had one book, much shorter book, with three films. So, you know, part of me had this expectation that it would be so much, uh, like, more in-depth and it would just bring about that world so much more vividly and really bring out that story well. And it just didn't feel like that. It felt like they were bringing in elements that weren't in the original series that didn't need to be there. 
And at the same time, they weren't really developing the characters and the stories in the way that would have really made the film like a classic. Um, so it felt forced at times. It, it did. And I couldn't quite figure out what I was thinking, you know, like, what about it exactly was so problematic? And initially my, my worry was that maybe they focused too much time on the digital um, aspect of it. You know, the, the, the fact that they had much more uh, capabilities for the digital component of the film. So, you know, and that's all fine and good. It's great to have, have those uh, technologies available to you, but at the same, excuse me, at the same time, that can't come at the cost of the storytelling itself, especially in uh, something like Lord of the Rings, where you have such uh, a deep world, such deep history, such deep characters, and um, a storyline that requires a lot of attention. Uh, so that was my initial worry, and I did. Uh, I love watching behind-the-scenes stuff of films like that, so uh, I did some investigating, and indeed they spend a lot of time working on Schmaug, um, uh, but the, what it actually turned out being is that Peter Jackson, and I didn't know this, uh, you know, at the time, I don't keep up with the little details as things are being produced, but I guess Guillermo del Toro was initially slated to do the Lord of the Rings, uh, or excuse me, the Hobbit trilogy, and he, um, he, had about a year and a half of the pre-production time, and he dropped out. So Peter Jackson comes on at at that point, but he doesn't re he's not allowed to reset that time, so he loses all of that pre-production uh, time. And if you watch any of the behind-the-scenes stuff for Lord of the Rings, you know how important the pre-production time was for Peter Jackson. Just being able to storyboard everything, and you know maybe that's not necessary with with every single story. But with Lord of the Rings and with The Hobbit, it absolutely was necessary to have everything planned out in as great of a detail as possible. Uh, and he just didn't have that time, so uh, as he was stating, he just felt like he was constantly having to catch up and he was just like planning things on the fly and having things like come at him. So uh, I definitely see now why that happened. Of course, you know, it, it made money. It, I don't think the the production company <laughs> really cares. My dog is being really cute right now. But I don't think the production really cares because at the end of the day for them, uh, money is, all, is the bottom line, right? So it made quite a bit of money, but <clears throat> I think they really dropped the ball. Uh, the short-term loss of investment would have resulted I am absolutely certain in a greater uh, return uh, of investment if they had allowed Peter Jackson to do the pre-production stuff. And it wouldn't have been a total loss. I'm sure he wouldn't have scrapped everything that was done. But he absolutely needed uh, that time um, to do the work that needed to be done to really develop the, the story into what it could have been. Because it absolutely could have been an amazing classical... Uh, movie that, not just for the sci-fi world, but for movie creation, for storytelling, it could have been one of the canons of, of filmmaking. 
together with all of the... If, you know, Lord of the Rings was what it was, this could have been amazing. So, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it was a great movie. Um, uh, am I going to rewatch it? I don't know. Uh, I, or I should say, I probably will watch it, like, especially if it comes out on Netflix or something like that. But I'm not going to buy it in the way that I would Lord of the Rings, uh, you know. Um, so, yeah, I thought it's really kind of disheartening to hear. And I, like, in a way this isn't possible, but I wish he had the opportunity just to redo those films from scratch. Same cast, even, um, uh, it's just, you know, um, it, di it didn't quite turn out the way it could have. So, um, that was a little bit disappointing, but at the same time, it got me out of my funk because, like, I really got invested in that world again. I, I got invested in the characters. I wanted to be part of that world again, and so I started looking at all the behind the scenes, you know, looking at, <coughs> and it's amazing what they did. Uh, if you look at, like, Benedict Cumberbatch, I mean, like, everybody talks about that, but he really kind of invested his heart and soul into playing Schmaug, and it's really inspiring. I, I think uh, sometimes I suffer from embarrassment of exposing myself, meaning not, not like, you know, in a, in a, you know, sexual way or anything, but, like, even when I was learning language, I was embarrassed to kind of emulate the accents or, like, really kind of project myself in any kind of substantive way to, as to draw attention to myself uh, and feel vulnerable. But I think watching something like that really inspired me to be more, um, open and, um, you know, be more willing to, like, show people how passionate I am about certain things. Um, and looking at the, uh, creation of the dragon itself, just how much time and effort went into it, how much, you know, how much they thought about it, the different iterations that the conceptualization took. Um, so it was really great in that sense. And I, I wanted to watch Lord of the Rings again. Like I wanted to watch all that stuff that had such a huge impact on me. And as a consequence of that, it gave me hope again and like drive again to like pursue the stuff that I, I'm so, you know, afraid of failing at. Um, so in that regard, it was amazing to be back in that world again. And, um, uh, I downloaded the, <laughs> the audiobook of Lord of the Rings, uh, The Fellowship of the Rings, so I'm gonna work through that, and I think I'll get, I think what I'm gonna do, uh, is I'll get the paperback version of Lord of the Rings, uh, The Fellowship, and just read along with somebody reading it with me. I've never done that before, but I wonder if it'll kind of impact how I read something like that. Um, and I'll be curious to see if it uh, has um, how I'll approach it now as an adult. Um, so, yeah, uh, it was, overall, it was amazing to be back in that world again. I'm really impressed with a lot of the amazing things that happened in, in, the, in the film. Mm. Seeing all those guys, uh, some of those guys again, the new cast was really great. <coughs> they really did a wonderful job. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. It was, and you know, it actually didn't piece together that Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch were in Sherlock Holmes and in The Hobbit, although they didn't act side by side. 
um, it was it was kind of fun to to realize that uh, like a series that I love there they kind of um, work together in the same place. And Ian McKellen as as Gandalf is I think everybody everybody loves that character. Everybody loves that um, conceptualization, and I really like the moments between Galadriel and and uh, Gandalf when they had moments um, together. Uh, I think uh, you know. Perhaps there was romantic tension there, but how I saw it was that there was a deep friendship, love there um, between them. Um, you know, I think there are friends in this world who really love each other on that kind of almost romantic way. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I have a lot of thoughts about it that are everywhere, but um, I, at the very least. Uh, you know, it brought some hope again to, to, to my life. So that's beyond what a movie is expected to do. Um, and, uh, gosh, you know, you just want the hair, you know, the, the, <laughs> the elven hair, uh, that, that's always, that was what I always wanted when I was growing up. I, I you know, just like everybody, I loved Adwin and I loved Galadriel. The, the you know the long hair and the kind of elegance and the the boy the you know the fighting spirit, but at the same time, it's very feminine energy. Uh, so uh, yeah, I really I really love that. So though it didn't have that impact on me as Lord of the Rings did, it was still it was still great to to be back in that world. Uh, so that that's overall my thoughts on that. Uh, that's all I have to talk about for right now. Um, maybe I'll come back in with something else. But I wanted to test this podcast thing. I I, uh, I have a lot to say about a lot of different things. I'm uh, you know I'm super curious about a lot of things in the world, and you don't always get a chance to, especially as an adult, you don't always get a chance to talk about the things that you want to talk about because everybody's kind of doing their own thing and struggling, and you know. Um, and not everybody can talk about, you know, The Hobbit three years on, <laughs> three, four years on. So I just kind of wanted an output um, to talk about some of the things that I, I, uh, I'm I interested in. So that's it. Uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Adios. Say adios, Michi.